and most importantly, everything you can find to whip your kid. I also randomly bumped into this article with a title of 10 things Asian parents used as weapons to whoop our younger wretched selves with. And it's under the category of culture. Great. Um, love the diversity and like international sense of being open to foreign cultures, no matter what it is. Welcome back to Berlin Midnight Meals. Last Friday, so two days ago, I actually got some pretty nice pastries from a very nice fancy looking cafe in Kudam. I was quite happy with the tastes because I gave myself this funny name, sponge cake, because it's so hard to find good sponge cakes in Germany. The cakes in Germany tend to be pretty hard and very sweet like or like just that maybe that kind of sweets that i don't really appreciate i don't like this kind of aggressive sweetness like this kind of sweets that give you hits in your mouth but i i think it depends on people i never really found the kind of sponge cakes i used to like in hong kong that is really really soft like you can press it and then it would just bounce back to the original shape and it's very very simple like flour egg and probably milk inside like simple and pure not so much decoration or very single color and fluffy this kind of cakes is everywhere in the local bakeries in hong kong they are very cheap as well and i always appreciate it like i didn't have that much pocket money it was like some 30 cents maybe 20 years before <laughs> long time ago yeah i really need to put more disclaimers in this podcast because i feel like I, i'm saying a lot of things and of course a lot of information about hong kong or like representing hong kongers but in the end i haven't been there in quite a while so a lot of my information may be outdated I'm not really responsible for it. So um, take it as a grain of salt. Do your own research and talk to more Hong Kong people and not just me. If, yeah, like, I don't know. I'm sorry if by chance I'm the only Hong Konger you know, because I, I might not be the best representation <laughs> after all. <laughs> so, yeah, that's like my disclaimer. I was talking to my colleague another day that Berlin is getting more and more expensive. I don't think this is anything new because if you go online, if you're part of this kind of Facebook groups like uh, experts in Berlin, free advice Berlin, international women in Berlin, all this kind of groups, everyone is venting that Berlin is becoming unaffordable. Or like people saying Berlin is getting gentrified. It's true, but I also feel kind of divided. On one hand, I think people like me do benefit a lot and it's still kind of affordable to me personally. But on the other hand, of course, I, I see a lot of problems coming up. I myself also experienced that in Hong Kong. Gentrification, in a sense, if you try to look at it from a personal and individual's perspective, 
it literally just means an improvement of quality of life for many people that you have a more comfortable living environment. I think it was probably this year or maybe end of last year. I, I remember jumping on S-Bahn, uh, Ringbahn, and then being completely shocked that it was a new train with air conditioning. But it feels great. It really got rid of all these unpleasant smells. I'm not gonna lie, I definitely like the streets to be cleaner, but I can definitely, of course, live with a dirty street. Except this area in Koti, under the bridge at the station, I think it's very remarkable, like full of bird shit, like all, like all kinds of shit. I can totally identify some dog shit. When you walk there, it's sticky. Probably if you try to scratch it off, I'm sure it's gonna be like the stringy cheese on pizza. If you ask me, one day they wanna clean that shit up, maybe paint the wall, uh, repair some broken shit around that area. Would that be nice to people who live there? I would say maybe. If you live there, if every day you have to walk your dog and then you don't know what kind of syringes your dog would step on. But as a tourist or like, or I'm people that want to preserve Berlin's local culture, this kind of like chaotic, poor, but sexy culture, I would definitely say no. It's a bit dirty, but it's irreplaceable. It's very unique in Berlin. Uh, yeah, this kind of dirtiness that is not made up. And very funny because in other countries, like for example, in Denmark, when I was in Copenhagen, I saw that the local artists trying to put up this kind of trashy arts. It actually looked like some random pile of trash in Berlin. But then they had to artificially make this. And, you know, there would be like a like a board or like a piece of paper next to it talking about all the concepts. While in Berlin, you just naturally have this. That's also the meaning of art a lot of times. Like to question the status quo, think about the opposite like the extreme opposites or even just like different kinds of alternatives or possibilities in parallel world. If they decide to clean that place, I, I would also be like, uh, I, I don't know what to feel about it. If I don't live there, I can be loud and say, hey, this is local culture. You should not erase this. But I would also sound a little hypocritical when I say this because I don't live there. My quality of life, my daily life doesn't really get affected directly if, if the place is more chaotic or messy and dirty, disgusting, doesn't matter. It's not my problem. Also like taller new residential buildings right? There are lots nowadays in Berlin that are just like getting finished, not just in one single area, not even just in the traditionally expensive areas. That means more apartments for people, they have better insulations, so more energy saving in a sense. But then looking from outside, walking by those taller buildings, if you've lived longer in Berlin, you would also be like, do we want this awkward looking new building standing in the middle of Berlin? Also in the middle of some 
maybe galleries, uh, cafes, some hipster shops. But to many people, especially newcomers, I'm I'm sure many people got to like settle down because of the supply of new housing. So yeah, what 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 do we say about this? It's definitely the charm of Berlin. Definitely due to the fact that more international people are moving to this city, at the same time raising the price of everything. But then it also creates more job opportunities. That like you have a lot of interactions with people from very different cultures. That you you learn a lot. I'm speaking English here, and I could also feel it. That every year it's getting easier to survive with only English in Berlin. I can also imagine how it affects the more local people who don't want to speak English. Like my English is not good. I only speak German. I have been living here for many years. Why do I suddenly have to speak English? I can totally relate to this because I was also a very, very local person when I was in Hong Kong. It's weird, but I actually became more comfortable with English in Berlin. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a city that help you improve your English, but not German. Haha. <laughs> I think the openness is definitely limited. By certain、um, personal like abilities to do something, or just like language skills, for example. Also, like people that that are more introverted. Back to my own case, I wouldn't want to leave my comfort zone if I'm not forced. But of course, the case is a little bit different in Hong Kong. That、uh, despite Cantonese being the Most used language in Hong Kong. There's this hierarchy because of colonialism that people wouldn't be ashamed of not being able to speak Cantonese. But you would be shamed a lot if your English is not good.、Um, and this classic joke we like local people always make about local Hong Kong people are more judgy towards people's accents than native English speakers. This whole gentrification thing reminds me of how、um, I used to go to wet market a lot as a kid with my mom to buy food. So in Hong Kong, again, again, I'm talking about like twenty、uh, years ago when I was a kid. There are mainly two places you could go to to get food: one supermarket or the wet market. That is. Often, just like it says in the name, it's often really wet.、Uh, looks more dirty back then without air conditioning. Sometimes also without a roof. While supermarket, yeah, it's pretty similar to here. Most food is sold prepackaged. You have the expiry dates on it. But my mom was a big fan of wet market, and I think actually most of the moms back then, if they cook a lot, they wouldn't go to supermarkets because that's expensive. And my mom always find the food there less fresh than those in wet markets, which is true. But then, like for me, it's like I'm just lazy. Like, if you go to a supermarket, you can get more all these frozen things. I I think not everyone cares so much about the freshness of food. The vendors would 
always get up very early. Like I think they might get their their the food at like maybe five six in the morning. So that's why it's so fresh. Everything will be sold out at like seven p.m. So everything is new every day, pretty much. Just more raw. Like you would still have some soil on it, but doesn't mean it's organic, right? Just like not this kind of fancy organic. Ten years ago, they've already gentrified step by step most of the wet markets in Hong Kong. That they've, for example, really changed the tiles. It used to be just like random tiles that usually, when it gets wet, it's quite slippery, so dangerous for many people. So they changed to. Tiles that are less, like that, are more rough, and also installing air conditioning, not just for people's comfort, but also to keep food in a lower temperature that they don't get stale so fast. Uh, also, adding a lot of light, like the traditional wet markets, it's often not very, very bright. It's mostly just light bulb hanging there. And install set up by the vendors themselves. The government also did a little bit branding, you know, to put up some sign that ah, this is the fish corner, this is the meat corner, this is the veggie corner, things like this. They also install elevators, so it's more friendly for older people. I think this kind of facilities does help a lot. But I do feel a little bit like ah,、uh, you know, it's like a loss of childhood memory. And honestly, even though the traditional wet markets are heavily stigmatized by many people, that they always say it's so dirty, um, it's not hygienic. I've never had any food from the old kind of wet market. That was bad. I think they have been pretty fresh to me. I I admit it's sometimes a little bit dangerous because it's just really wet, and I'm gonna tell you why is it so wet. But yeah, I actually never felt that hygiene was really an issue. I feel like the look was a bigger motivation for the government to invest all the money to really renovate everything. It's a pretty fun experience. It's a pity that nowadays they don't really exist anymore. Now I'm telling you why is it so wet. Most of the time, it's from the fish store. It's still pretty common. Like in Hong Kong, you have like a like still a lot of fish tank. So the fish they are still swimming. They 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 are alive. When you want to get something, the vendor would just like grab. Like really, they wear this kind of very shiny. Plastic gloves, and then they would just go into the tank and just pick one up, and then very brutally just hit the fish with the knife, just like, and then the fish would just faint, and then they would just kill it. There's not so much animal rights there. They put the fish on the not really like a chopping board. It's more like a big piece of wood, like a very thick one. And they would just put it on. They have to get rid of the scale, so they use the knife to scratch the fish, and the scale would just fly everywhere. Like a lot would even be on my clothes. No one cares. Everyone is trying to be very fast there because the line is usually quite long as well. Many people come from work to get something for their dinner. Obviously, the the fish would bleed. Uh, so all this blood, the water from the fish tank, everything would just 
pretty much flow on the floor. So it's more like bloody water just everywhere. They would just throw it into the plastic bag with loop handles and give it to you. Sometimes they don't even bother to hold it for like half a second. They would just like put it in and then sew on other fish because there there are also fish that is not swimming <laughs> like just like the fish that are already dead and a little bit I think a little bit frozen they would be uh, placed in rows on some some ice cubes also so it's like not just inside wet outside is also wet so when you take it you really have to spread your arms so the fish bag doesn't touch you and you're close after all these work they would just get a scoop of water also from the probably the fish tank or like from another bucket of clean water and flush the wood board so all the scale the blood but also some organs of that dead fish would just be flushed all over the place on the floor it would also flow beyond the fish door area I remember it was the veggie stores. It's a big area where everything were piled up like mountains. Like all the the veggies, like the pak choy. In East Asia, we had different kinds of pak choy. If you think there's only one kind of pak choy, maybe all like two kinds you can find in Germany, you're wrong. Like pak choy is a huge damn family. You can Google it. So they, they will be selling different kinds of veggies and always this kind of leaves. Yeah, I think that's the most mainstream things that people would just pan fry at home. It's very easy and healthy. So I think the dinner setup is always like you, you need to have one veggie dish and one meat dish most of the time. Yeah, and they are not prepackaged. They, they are not in some kind of like plastic bags already there will be a sign on every mountain that you know they just poke into the the stem of the veggies it will just stand there and says like one kilogram uh 50 cents something like this so to buy food in this kind of wet market you can't really be introverted you have to yell all the time because it's full of people and everyone is very busy they have no time to to ask you ah what can i help you or like uh what what would you like they they have no time to check on you they're just like really busy with like packing the stuff for people and the lines were also not really like a single linear thing it was like from all directions that people are just like trying to cut the line or like just like basically forming like a circle like a half circle around the vendor and yeah you have to yell and you need to know the name of the veggies i remember when i was buying for my mom as a kid i sometimes had to go to the wet market alone to get something for dinner because like both my parents had to work when I was a kid I couldn't really tell what is what sometimes they only say the price but they don't really mention the name on this label thingy I was a very quiet kid Uh, I didn't want to talk to some strangers first of all and have to be loud and have to be specific with what you want that was a very challenging task for me you're counting in your heart like three two one I'm gonna say it and while you're counting down some other people would already grab your chance you gotta be fast not sounding very hesitant 
all the vendors there, they are all like math genius. Like they do calculation really, really fast. Like sometimes you have people that are buying a half kilogram of this, two kilogram of that with a discount, one kilogram of the melon, like all these things together. But then they are like in split second, they can tell you how much you have to pay them. The cashier is just like, they would open this very analog drawer, all the coins sorted by amounts. Uh, and then we have this tofu store as well. It's not like this prepackaged things you can find in the German supermarkets. Like just imagine maybe 20 of them, like as a big block sitting on like a very huge wood board. They use this not really a blade, just like a iron sheets thing to cut it. So you would tell them how much you want and then they would just cut it for you. Also put it into a plastic bag. I had a school friend whose mom was a vendor at that tofu store. So sometimes I bump into her and she and my mom would start this kind of very superficial, but also low-key competitive talk. Like, ah, how was your daughter's grades in the last exam? Those kind of things like this, that they were low-key comparing us. And it was really weird. If I wear something a, a little bit funny on that day, the, the aunts would also comment on my outfit like, oh, wearing pink today. Wow, so girly. You cannot tell whether they're just genuinely being shallow or they actually mean something because like I think from my mom's perspective she always meant something like sometimes she when she went there alone and bumped into this um like my friend's mom she would come home and and be a little bit bitter and tell us oh yeah recently they just bought a house in China oh I, I don't really understand if she's so rich why she's still selling tofu and my mom would also just like being very bitchy and calling my friend the tofu girl how's the tofu girl doing that's like a, just a very common thing in you know like this working class world that people don't care so much about manners like you just say what you want like i mean there is of course some basic manner there like for example you wouldn't just bump into someone and say why don't you die you know wouldn't be like that extreme but still not as cautious as some like middle class people like that's what literally what my mom would say like we're not that pretentious uh we are being very honest and authentic we're not that kind of people that are just like spending all this money on their clothes, on their outfits to look good. There is a random pet store at the end of the, just very deep in the wet market where they were selling like fish, like goldfish or like turtles, you know, this like tiny pets. And I also, I got one from there as well. Like that turtle I had for 10 years. And then one day, it's just gone. I, I don't know where it went, It's but it was just gone. <laughs> and like, usually I keep it in the box so like you can let a little bit of water in and put some food there. But sometimes in summer, I would just let it walk around and yeah, why not? If I really keep an eye on it, I know where it's going. And one time, I think we just let it out and it just disappeared. We had this kind of metal gates 
in front of our door. Sometimes we leave the door open and just leave the gates closed. It probably just left or escape um, through the gap. Uh, no one was saying anything as well. We also didn't think of putting up a notice or what. I don't know. Of course, it's my pet, but also it's not something I interacted with a lot. So it felt like something is missing, but I'm, I'm sure it's different from losing my cats. And I was also like, maybe it's like adopted by someone else. And yeah, so I, I think I didn't really follow up on it that much. And I, I remember that just happened. Um, I hope it's somewhere still alive because, you know, turtle can live really, really long. Turtle is a kind of animal that people relate a lot to good luck. So I can also imagine someone picking it up in front of the lifts before it escaped the whole building. I don't know. But yeah, th- there were a lot of random shops like this. It's hard to miss this one. It's the huge hardware store at the entrance of the wet market. It's really huge. And you can find all kinds of stuff in it. Like you can find like bowls, some pots, different containers, and most importantly, everything you can find to whip your kid. I also randomly bumped into this article with a title of 10 things Asian parents used as weapons to whoop our younger wretched selves with. And it's under the category of culture. Great. Um, love that diversity and like international sense of being open to foreign cultures no matter what it is and then I can see like a whole list of things you could find in that hardware store first of all the cane uh, that's definitely something my mom bought a lot to beat us because it's cheap and they usually were sold in bundles. Sometimes my mom just, because like I mentioned, like on the way to leave the wet market to go home, she would just pass by this shop and then she would see some canes and decides to maybe just get some. Like, why not? It doesn't hurt to have more canes at home. It's worth it to get more. And in order to make use of all these, like too many canes we have at home, she would just adapt her weapon design. And she also makes some bundle of like two or three just to make use of it. So yeah, I, I think she's kind of switching around the purpose, like the, the reason of buying it and like how you use it. And the second thing is the hangers. I mean, you can definitely use them to hang your clothes, which is also great to my mom. And I think like for a lot of Asian moms as well, they always want to get something that is good value for the money. And it's not like as single use as the canes. And I also see this the feather duster. It was more popular than the canes, but definitely not for my mom because she's like, why should I get this? It's two euro more expensive than the cane. So why don't I just get like a whole bundle? It's going to have the same power and even more because the feather duster, she was always like, because there is some feather on it. So it's going to kind of cushion a little bit and it's not going to feel as painful as the canes. So not great and more expensive as well, most importantly. 
I think number six, the rubber slippers. That's something she needs anyway. She probably bought it really just as slipper, but then later realized, huh, you know, when she was angry and she was like far away, you, you need this kind of long distance attack or to kill some cockroaches. Very, very multi-purpose, highly recommended. And I also see some uh, umbrella, bamboo pole, or like leather belts on the list. I would say you can get all of them from that hardware store. That's why it's such a it's such a nightmare. Sometimes I'm like, hey, like we've already spent like a whole hour in the wet market. Can we just fucking go home? But then my mom would always be attracted to this kind of like big sign. Buy one, get one free. The canes on like great deal here. Sometimes also asking my opinions. And like she's asking me, what do you think about this deal? It makes no sense for me to say, yeah, get some more. I would like to get beaten by a bundle of five instead of just one but I also I felt a little bit like you know in the conflict of interest because she was very genuine when she asked for my opinion and I I saw on that list the last item on the list is the chair uh I don't want to sound too dramatic but I also have to admit that my mom did use the chair a lot to beat us and you will be surprised as in many people's stereotypes East Asian women, they are so small and also relatively skinny. How could they have so much strength to beat their kids with all these things? In, the, in our case, my mom was beating us way more than my dad. She could really hold a chair and even sometimes throw the chair to my, usually my brother. Because yeah, still, I got a woman bonus a little bit. So usually she used the higher rank weapons on my brother and the lower rank like the canes on me oh and like something i forgot to mention sorry it's such a long thing it's a big part of my childhood because i went there a lot last thing was that sometimes my mom would just find it too troublesome to take me with her but she was bored going to the wet market because it took some 15 minutes to walk there so she wanted to have company but she didn't want to have me as a burden especially when she was haggling with the vendors so sometimes she would just park me uh, at the bookstore like another thing that is also at the at the entrance of the wet market like I call it bookstore they sell all kinds of stuff like they sell newspaper also like the horse racing newspaper yeah there's like a particular kind of newspaper for horse racing that my dad bought probably every single issue and then also like all kinds of magazine and toys random toys really uh, also cigarettes like some manga more for teenager stuff but also the adult erotic magazines very funny because they are side by side on the right hand side you have these like uh, manga or like anime character stuff or like some very tech technical magazine like the electronic devices magazines and then on the left hand side you have all these like very colorful adult magazines and i standing there having to wait for usually an hour I was just so bored. So I was always staring at the women with no nipples on those magazines. Because like that's the way they censor it. Like they either just like Photoshop the nipples so they don't somehow violate some some laws in Hong Kong, some publication laws in Hong Kong. Uh, or they would just like use a star 
to cover it, like this kind of ping, that kind of <laughs> like two red star, like ping ping, to cover the nipples. And I would always be just staring at them, think a lot, like why do they have no nipples? And I didn't, as a kid, I didn't relate them as like something I would become. So it's more like another kind of species on the magazine because their bodies look very different from mine. So I actually kind of thought, can I say this? <laughs> I well, this is nothing erotic, okay? But then, as a kid, I was thinking that when a girl grows up, she would lose her nipples. I actually thought like those women without nipples are just the adult form of girls. So at some point, I would also lose my nipples, just like the women on the magazine. I was also thinking that my mom has no nipples as well. Basically, all adult women have no nipples. Um, very interesting, <laughs> very very interesting misunderstanding. So usually, you have the same vendors at the same store for ten years or maybe even more. And some many of them they started doing this when they were young, and now they're already quite old, but still doing the same job. And you get to talk to them on random things. Sometimes my mom just like with the people she she's more familiar with. She would also chit chat a little bit with them. When I got pork from the butchery, I would also talk to the butcher and just ask him, "How do you make this? Ah, we are like four people. How much do you recommend? Like you have more interactions like this." I always said that I hated it as an introvert, but I also have to admit that it does give you a community vibe because the van the vendors are not changing all the time. Life hack of this week. I'm very sensitive to smell, but I don't like very strong artificial smells. I I don't want any smell. I just don't want the bad smell. But it's still annoying when the laundry turn very like stiff and hard after it gets dry. So I have this recommendation. Again, it's very accessible product. Uh, because Germany has very hard water, so it has a lots of lime, like you know how they call kalk in German. It's making your clothes very hard. You can get this anti-kalk, anti-lime powder, and just put it together with your detergent, and it's gonna soften your clothes. But it doesn't have any smell. Uh, yeah, like at least not very noticeable. It's perfect if you're like me who don't like that much smell. I have a dog nose for real, uh, and I always smell this like this tiny subtle sweat smell and like a little bit sour. For me, it's like drug control. When I open the door of the washing machine, I'm like immediately smelling everything to check if they're fine. Because if you don't get rid of the bad smell immediately. It would be harder and harder to get rid of it. They are just gonna get like deeper and deeper, really like absorbed by the fabric. If someone study like some textile design things like this, maybe you can like add a more scientific explanation to this. Back then, when I lived with my family in Hong Kong, the laundry always smelled so damn fucking bad. Weird to say this, but we were all quite spotty. We did spot very often, almost like daily. And then my mom wanted to save money, so we always save up a lot of sweaty clothes for laundry because the sweat was dry. So it's really hard to get rid of it. And even for clothes that was not sweaty, if we wash them together with the sweaty clothes, they would also pick up the smell. 
I was always telling my parents, it smells really, really bad. It smells like you did not wash it. No one believed me because they, I think they're also quite used to it as well. My, my dad was always like, no, you should check your nose. Your nose smells bad, not the laundry, not the clothes. Okay, it sounds a little bit like a big jump. Because of this experience, I related to like this kind of anime plots that like there's a kid that sees something others cannot see and then keep telling people around them, especially the adults. Usually the parents would not believe, just no one believed them. And there is finally this one teacher in school that is like, I believe you no matter what. Even though I cannot see it, I believe you because you're not someone that would lie to me. That was so touching to me. And that's all this long ass topic. I knew I have a lot to tell, but then I didn't expect it to be so damn much. Yeah, I think I'm gonna make a pause here and leave the rest to the second part. Even though I still have a long list of topics or like stories I wanted to go through. I also welcome some suggestions. Thank you for your support and that's all of this week. Bye for now. Bye.